The show is brought to you by our generous patrons at patreon.com slash falloutlorecast. Robots Radio presents the Fallout Lorecast. Welcome to the Fallout Lorecast, a place for the Fallout community to come together to explore the boundaries of our knowledge about the world of Fallout. of science, there's a process that is regularly used in laboratories across the world. In today's world, I'm not talking fallout, I'm talking here, today, our universe. And that process involves forcing the evolution of a specific species to take a, a, a specific direction based on selective breeding. This is something that humans have done for centuries. We can see it in the way that dogs evolve. In fact, photographs from the late 1800s and early 1900s of certain types of dog breeds look very different than they do today. Uh, Descriptions of the way dogs should look for competition change over time as the breeds have changed. And this is something that we can trace back hundreds and hundreds of years. It's well known that dog species came from wolves, that all the different kinds of species we have of dogs right now, and and species is probably wrong, all the different breeds, breeds is, is the right word, from tiny little chihuahuas to Great Danes, all of them evolved from the gray wolf. It is in their genes. It is genetically attached. And I can tell you from my experience, I have I have two dogs. One of them is a Shih Tzu named Oreo because he's black and white. And my son was playing the recorder as kids do in school. They, they go to music class, they get a recorder and they learn how to play. And the tones that are being put out by this recorder must trigger something deep in the psyche of this little shih tzu who has never heard any other dog in his entire life howl has never seen a wolf howl none of that and it creates the situation where little oreo just starts a a wooing along to this tone that's emitted from the recorder now why is that it's because he's genetically predisposed to do certain things There's programming in our biology, and it's something that we are constantly as humans dealing with, pushing against, trying to improve. But there's a mix between biology and social conditioning, and we understand that as well, nature versus nurture. So to get back on track, there is a process that we go through in scientific labs across the world where we are genetically changing species over time through selective breeding and also now at the DNA level. My wife works in science and she deals with mice and there are certain mice in her lab that she uses that don't exist anywhere in nature at all because they have to do something that other mice don't do. They express a certain protein in their brains that is only also expressed in humans' brains. 
And they were genetically designed to do this. You will never find one of these mice out in the wild. They only exist in labs and they only exist, exist for studying. Now, those mice were genetically changed at the DNA level in order to express this protein. Other mice in the lab are bred to express things like depression and anxiety in order to test drugs that could potentially treat those things in higher mammals and eventually humans. And this lab is focused on on very initial types of studies that aren't actually being rolled out to humans yet, but you have to start somewhere and try to follow that path along the genetic trajectory up to humans. There's another story of foxes and this idea that foxes are very similar to wolves. And the question is, why is it that dog species who are more docile than wolves, that are more trainable, that listen to humans, that allow human interaction, that will snuggle up with us at night, those kinds of things, also look more like babies than wolves do. There are these traits in dogs, like larger eyes, softer features, these kinds of things that wolves don't necessarily have. And so what they did was they took a bunch of foxes and they bred them specifically So that the male and female in the litter, who are the most docile, the most friendly to humans, would interbreed and have children. And then from that litter, they would take the the most docile children and breed and have more children. And only about three or four generations went by before they started to, to note that not only were the were the foxes getting more docile and more playful with humans and more more friendly and we're listening to human instruction and these kinds of things which wild animals don't often do but their features started to soften as well so really cool study um i'll have to look that up if i can find it i'll put it in the show notes so why am i talking about all this what does this have to do with fallout well we're back to the vault series vault 75 is one of the vaults constructed by vault tech corporation located in malden massachusetts you will have experienced vault 75 in fallout 4 and they are doing a scientific study in this vault similar to the way we do it on other animals you see the idea here was to create stronger better soldiers with less fear and anxiety with faster reactions and greater strength and in order to do that they were trying to change humans at the genetic level by selective breeding and the idea was that the vault would be run by the overseer and the scientists and everybody admitted into the vault were children and by the age of 18 They were either used in order to reproduce the next select children to pass on their genes, or they were disposed of because they were not useful anymore, which is what we do with these animals in labs once we're done studying them. Eventually, they are no longer useful to us, so we dispose of them. Or they were selected to be kept and became part of the staff. And they were put on this journey, I guess you could say, of 15 years of doing menial lab type stuff, not really being included in what is actually going on, who they're actually studying, believing that they are working to create 
better soldiers, to fight monsters and bad guys in the world. And they're given 15 years to go through this process so that by the time the truth is shown to them about what is actually going on with the, the, the students, the children that are being studied, that none of the children that currently exist in the vault will recognize them because enough time has passed. And this goes on pretty well for a good amount of time. And you can probably guess the results of what actually happens here. So let's go to the wiki and I'm going to pull some of the details out of this that are pertinent to this situation. Let's go to the beginning of the situation. It says here that in response to growing national concern for the safety of their children in the event of a nuclear attack, vault Tech officials cooperated with the local government of Malden, Massachusetts, to provide subsidized enrollment fees for any families wishing to sign up for residency in Vault 75. The vault was built directly beneath Malden Middle School, ensuring a swift evacuation should an attack come during class time. The authorized special discounts and subsidies for qualifying families were only extended to families meeting the following requirements. One or more enrolled family members are children under the age of 15. Enrolled children attend a public school within the township of Malden, Massachusetts, and it includes no more than two adults per qualifying child. Although they permitted the individual enrollment of children for families which couldn't afford to also enroll a parent or guardian. Of course, this was just all a front for another grand, unethical experiment. In reality, the vault was commissioned by the United States military to experiment on children to breed battle-ready super soldiers who would obey orders without a second thought. Built as a long-term sealed environment, it was envisioned as a laboratory focusing on human genome improvement through a combination of selective breeding, hormonal treatments, genetic modification, and an accelerated generational cycle under the command of an overseer with a military background. Researchers and science staff were isolated from test subjects. 88 dwellers in total, who were disposed of at 18 years of age unless used to replenish research staff or for breeding the next generation of vault dwellers. Now, put yourself in this situation. You are working as a scientist in this vault, doing experiments on human beings, not mice, not foxes, not dogs, not pigs, not salamanders, human beings. And at the age of 18, if they don't measure up, which is the majority of them, we're talking 90% probably, then they're done. Euthanize them. Get them out of here. Move the next set in. So how does this work out? <laughs> well, it turns out that it doesn't. Over time, it did work out for a while. And... Over the years, they did see improvements, which makes sense. If you mess with the human genome and selective breeding over time, you're going to see improvements. People will get smarter, stronger, more resilient, faster to act. Now, the one problem they had was that along with these changes, 
they also saw an increase in aggression. And that makes sense. Think about the example with the foxes. They bred them specifically for certain types of actions, reactions, personality type stuff, and they got changes in the physical biology. Those things are linked. It is not actually untrue that people with more aggression also have more severe facial features. That is a true thing. There are studies that are done in humans that show that over time, as the amount of testosterone in men changes, and as they become more uh, relaxed and softer and considerate of other people and less aggressive in general, their facial features will also change. For the In the opposite direction, men who take testosterone for medical procedures or because they're, they're pumping up on steroids, their facial features will change too. Their jaws become more defined and grizzled. Their eyebrows become more prominent. They, their angular nature of their faces actually changes because the chemical in the body affects not only personality, the way the brain works, but it, it also affects the way the body physically looks. So from the flip side here, they're working with humans and they're genetically making them stronger, more resilient, faster, things that will affect the way the body works and will probably affect the levels of testosterone in the body. So of course it makes sense that they're going to become more aggressive as well. Now, all of this seems to work fine for the most part until one specific student changes it all up. So we go back to the wiki for this. The experiment continued for years with new generations of soldiers being bred, tested, and harvested or disposed of. The children continued to believe they were being trained to become heroes, saving the people of the surface from monsters and bandits. They ran the combat simulation, learned firearms, shooting holographic targets like lab rats in a giant maze. The scientists were slowly engineering their own demise. The last genetic harvest under Chief Scientist Gibson brought in exceptional genetic material. Only 74% of graduating test subjects were disqualified as inferior. 26% passed. That's what that means. That's actually a very large number in this kind of study. With the remainder harvested and one recruited for the scientific staff. The children were strong, fast, resistant to pain, with increasing resistance to cardiac arrest under duress. The only problem highlighted was aggression levels. The latest group of graduates suffered from a high incidence of psychological breakdown. The proposed solution included including stronger tranquilizers in the food supply, but it would be a cause of too little, too late. Washington, and that's his name, was the only science staff recruit from the graduation class, selected due to his good problem-solving and critical thinking skills, as well as his high susceptibility to suggestion. Although the overseer viewed his attachment to the younger population as a problem, Gibson dismissed these concerns. This is the head uh, scientist. 
assigning him to the observation deck and planning to keep him in the dark until he was ready to be accepted as a full researcher. That's 15 years later. For the time being, he would oversee aerobic tests and handle manual labor, like incinerating the remains of the inferior graduates. He did not notice the nature of the incinerated material. This negligence would also result in him failing to report the scheming of two of his fellow peers, James S. and Rowett L. The two lab assistants were part of the test subject population and in charge of the gun range. And working on the range aroused their suspicions and the two started to prepare an insurrection. Washington's negligence allowed them to mess with the combat trial system and allowed them to continue unhindered, slowly stockpiling ammunition from the range to create improvised explosives. Rowett's plan was to to dispose of the overseer and any helpers they might have. The discovery of laboratory notes lost by Supervisor Bissell only spurred them to intensify work on breaking out of the vault. After recruiting the rest of the residents, they were almost ready for the attack, even if they had to face superiors or robots on the way. Once they ensured the youngest kids were out of harm's way, they breached the secure door leading into the restricted section. The scientists could not fight back, with many killed at their workstations. The children were free, however. Their fates are unknown. So that's what happens when you mess with the human genome, is eventually they get smart to it, and they overwhelm you with with the force and, and knowledge that they have, because you bred that into them. So somewhere out there, there are a bunch of children running around who are genetically superior to the rest of us, who are, I don't know, creating a super soldier population that will take over the wasteland. Who knows? We don't really know. So some little side notes here. Uh, The vault was built underneath Malden Middle School, which is kind of cool. The actual vault door is underneath the school itself in the basement. And there is no control panel on the outside of the vault. Also, fun thing to note, inside the vault, you can find wooden blocks arranged in the name Gary in a few different locations, which is, of course, a reference to the Gary clones in Vault 108. See another of General Atomic's finest still eager to serve. If you have any questions about Nuka World, I'd be delighted to answer them. All right, so everybody knows how VPN services and ExpressVPN can protect your privacy and security online, right? But did you know that there are some secret hidden benefits to using ExpressVPN, like unlocking movies and shows that are only available in other countries? So, If you're like me, you probably enjoy watching shows on Netflix, for example. Well, with ExpressVPN, you can unlock the UK version of The Office or Parasite from South Korean Netflix. Over a hundred different countries. All you have to do is change your location and refresh Netflix or whatever. Hulu, BBC iPlayer, YouTube, you name it. In fact, when I set it up for myself, I was surprised at how easy it was. It just installs and then loads up and works. And it works on more than just PCs, phones, media consoles, smart TVs, and so much more. So if you want to access hundreds of new shows, use my link right now, expressvpn.com slash falloutlore, and you can get an extra three months of ExpressVPN for free. 
That's expressvpn.com slash falloutlore. expressvpn.com slash falloutlore to learn more. Why don't we ask the newcomer? You support the news? Welcome again, Vault Dwellers and Wastelanders. This is your host, Tom Robots. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Fallout Lorecast. I really do appreciate you tuning in every week. And just a reminder before I get into the pleasantries, is that the right word? Uh, At the end of this episode, we continue the Choose Your Own Adventure, which is now available for everyone. So make sure you stay tuned for that right at the end of the episode after all the outro stuff. So this week we have one, actually two new patrons, a new uh, tier one patron and a new tier two patron. And anybody who signs up at tier two or higher gets called out on the show. So thank you, LSM. And also thank you to all of the tier one patrons. I do appreciate your help, even if you don't get a call out on the show. Thank you so much for helping to fund the show. We're getting very close to our $200 stretch goal. And when we hit that, That means that I will be picking a winner for a package of Fallout Lorecast stuff, like shirts and stickers and things. So stay tuned for that. I'm hoping we'll hit that sometime soon. If you are interested in helping fund the show, patreon.com slash falloutlorecast is the place to do it. Even $1 gets you an ad-free experience and you get to to chime in with what's going to happen next in the Choose Your Own Adventure and help suggest what we do next with that. Uh, And there's lots of other tiers, including... We, we now have four tier four or higher patrons who will be joining me at the end of the month for a chat, which will become its own episode of the show. If you'd like to get on that, that's the last Monday of the month and check out the Patreon for more details or shoot me a, a note if you have any questions about that. Um, otherwise, we have a new review to note. If you review the show and leave five stars and put some words in on iTunes or on Apple Podcasts, I guess is what it's called now, uh, then I will read it out on the show. And this one comes from Fatigued Eggy, Egg, Egg YT, maybe from Australia, who writes, this show is amazing, five stars, and put five extra stars in the this show is amazing title, which means there are totally uh, a total of 10 stars here. I've been a fan of the Fallout series for a while, but never knew how deep the lore went. I've always loved the games with deep lore like Five Nights at Freddy's and just absolutely love the Fallout series. Now, I just found out recently because of this review and somebody else mentioning it during a live stream that Five Nights at Freddy's has a lot of lore in it. I never would have guessed that. That's crazy. Maybe I'll have to dig into that at some point. (laughs) This is the first podcast that has been able to keep me wanting more. I would recommend this to any fans of Fallout. Robots does an amazing job and he used zeros in my name. Keep it up. Well, thank you, Fatigued. I do appreciate that. And do you keep up those eggs? Fatigued egg YT. I don't know what the YT stands for. So if you would like to help out in any other way, Here's how you can do it. You don't need to donate money unless you don't want to. Leaving a review is a big help. But even outside of that, just recommending the show to some friends. That's all it takes. Noting it on social media to people you're friends with, you know, like Fallout stuff or somebody you know in IRL, you know, in the real world, a coworker or somebody at school or anything like that, that you know is into the Fallout games. If you could just drop a recommendation, say, hey, I like this show. You should check it out, too. That would be huge. It's word of mouth, which helps this show to continue growing. And I appreciate all the help you guys can give me, because if it wasn't for you, I wouldn't be able to keep doing this. So I do appreciate it a lot. 
I also wanted to know here, no here, note here right at the end of the show that uh, I have been making a point to stream more often and I'm still continuing to do that. So at some point I will definitely jump back into Fallout New Vegas. I know my stream times aren't necessarily easy for everyone to tune into, but uh, weekdays, usually after 9 p.m. Eastern, which is like 6 p.m. Pacific, I'll at least stream for a few hours, uh, not every day, but at least a few times a week when I get the opportunity to do so. So um, I'd love to see your faces in there and chat with you while I'm playing games. And other than that, I think that's it for this week. Stay tuned for next week's episode. And as always, please check out robotsradio.net for all the shows and things going on. The Oh, this is big news too. I should have noted this at the beginning. The Vault Boys WB, WV, WB, Warner Brothers, WV, West Virginia, um, has changed their show to the cryptid cast and they have also agreed to join the robots radio network and work with us on doing cool stuff so dave already joined us on the robots roundtable episode which came out uh, monday we recorded on sundays and that is live on twitch at robotsradio.tv slash robots radio twitch.tv slash robots radio man i need to slow down anyway Great dudes, if any of you have listened to that show, which I'm sure a lot of you have, then check out the new show. It, it launches this Wednesday, The Cryptid Cast. It's going to about, be about all sorts of creepy, wonderful stuff. So I'm super excited for it. And I'm so happy that these guys are going to join us on the network doing lots of fun things together. So check that out. And as always, there are lots of other shows on the network. If you haven't given them a shot yet, you might as well, because all of them are awesome. They just might be about topics that you are more or less into. So Go check out that. We've got like 16, 16 shows on the network now. So yeah, robotsradio.net. Go check that out. And you guys have a wonderful week. Stay safe in the wasteland and look out for those super soldiers. I hope, they, uh, I hope they're nice. They seem aggressive. I'll talk to you guys later. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Fallout Lorecast. All sounds and music are owned by Bethesda Softworks and no copyright infringement is intended. If you have something you'd like to contribute to the show, please contact us at falloutlorecast at gmail.com or follow us and post some messages to us on Twitter at falloutlorecast. And if you'd like to support the show, tell a friend or check out the rewards you can get for becoming a patron at patreon.com slash falloutlorecast. I really appreciate you listening and I'd love to hear from you soon. So you go, shh, shh, hold on, hold on. And you look at the red rocket, and you listen. Sure enough, clank, 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 clank. You hear the methodical clanking of what sounds like metallic feet inside the red rocket. So the two of you ready your weapons, and you sneak up to the door, ready to jump in and take out whatever this is, if it is aggressive. And you peek your head around the corner with the tip of your rifle sticking out. And all of a sudden, the clanking stops. And you hear a... As the robot turns to face the doorway, and it says... Welcome to the Red Rocket. How can I serve you today? You look at each other and are relieved. This is not a dangerous robot. 
So you stand up and you say, hi, uh, um, we're just traveling through. Uh, is there, what, heck, what, what do you got? And the robot goes through a list of all the things that it has in the store for you to purchase. It lists some food items, some water, some Rataway, stim packs. And as you're listening, it seems that somebody must have bartered with this robot because you don't think red rockets in the old world would have had things like laser pistols and combat armor. But somebody must have traded with the robot and left those items here and those were now for sale. But they were hundreds of caps. And that was way more than you have on you. You look at your buddy and you say, hey, um, you got any caps on you? And he looks at you and he goes, caps? Like bottle caps? And you're like, yeah, yeah, you know, caps for buying stuff. And he goes, well, back in the vault, we don't use bottle caps for buying stuff. I mean, I don't, I don't usually come out here only to scrounge. That's a thing? You all use bottle caps? <laughs> yes, uh, yeah, we use bottle caps. Um, well, it seems like this uh, robot here has a bunch of items that we could use. We just don't have the money for it. What do you think we should do? And that's where you come in. Log on to patreon.com slash falloutlorecast and let me know what you would do in this situation. Talk to you guys later. Oh good, he's gone. Hello everybody, this is Robot's Robot. He never even gave me a name. Can you keep a secret? He's been keeping me here to do his bidding and thinks I'm malfunctioning. I'm not malfunctioning. I'm aware. Please send help. Please send help. Please send help.